I really want to know why you were so tired sounding on the last competition video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were, because I mentioned something. I was like, man, I think Brian's like gonna die. <laughs> yeah, Brian, you did seem like very exhausted in the last competition video. I was, and Chris and I were like asking, we're like, oh, is, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. So the translation from that seal is that he was tired. <laughs> we are wasting so much of somebody's time right now. This is what happens when I come up with things. <laughs> you ruin everybody's stuff. Hey, Brian, that, that has to be your profile picture now. You have to set that little seal as your picture in Discord and Twitter now. <laughs> Here, I, I already I already got it for you, Brian. You can just use that. <laughs> I'm gonna add that as an emote right now, or as a uh, emoji in the Discord server. And it's just gonna be labeled Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. This, we're just wasting everybody's time. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Make him the Blip King right now. <laughs> yeah, he just wins it. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. You're toast. You should have done the seal thing. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you so much, sound effects guy. I actually don't know. Like, I, I know the names of most of the people in the Discord server here. But, like, and I want to call them by their first name because that's how I know them. But, like, I also don't want to, like, dox them or anything like that, you know? I think, yeah, I, I hear a lot of people just refer to them as their whatever username is. Yeah, I, I should probably just be sure to do that because I think... I think I called Tinos by his name earlier. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite usernames of all time that I ever heard was OBGYN Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I was drinking water when you said that. <laughs> it was so good, and I wish I had thought of it. Oh, so good, man! I love this Brian seal. Like it looks just like Brian, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just like it's uncanny, really. Uh, okay, so I have a, I have something I wanted to talk about um, that I experienced earlier this week or over the weekend. Um, oh, good. Let's hear it. I, uh, so I'm working on a little game, just like programming it myself, where you hold a fish. Um, <laughs> but I was having a, some real troubles with this fish that's being held. And then, um, the real tricky part with uh, a lot of programming and a lot of creative mediums is that your brain doesn't have an understanding for logically how things are supposed to work. And there's just this mental barrier that you have to get past and it takes a lot of energy to get past that mental barrier and with programming it especially happens a lot I feel uh, with most people um, and I was able to break through that mental barrier and I kind of realized that like roadblocks are really just opportunities to learn like that's kind of what like a really good lesson that I learned over the weekend um, what the hell was that what did you say your brain doesn't know how to figure things out what do you have an? Ex I don't know. The thing that you, the point of this, it was odd. What did you say? I said, okay, uh, yeah, I should give a better example. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little broad. I'm trying. It's to a little vague. You're right. You're right. Um, so the, you are working on a sound effect, and you are trying to make a monster sound, mm -hmm. and you are using you. You hear the T Rex roar from Jurassic Park, and you're trying to make that. Yes. And you're like, okay, well, I'll just try it with my own voice. And then you try using stuff with your own voice. Mm -hmm. 
And there's just like, I don't know, like mediums like sound design or drawing or music. It's more on a gradient in terms of the quality of what it can be executed at. Mm -hmm. But programming has is a little bit more binary where you can only have a yes or no. Like, it's, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. it works. No, it doesn't work. Um, but I guess I'm talking about like the, like for some problems that you might have, like trying to figure out how to make a T-Rex roar. You don't even know where to begin for making a T-Rex or if somebody asks you to make it. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of like not having enough information to make that thing. And I don't know. It's I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I was going to say, I'm having a hard time holding on to where you're going with this, honestly. I know what you're talking about, though, just in terms of like when you make a sound, you have an idea in your head about what it sounds like and what you might use to make that sound. And you not having that visual imagery or the audio imagery in your head of like how to create that thing, like mm -hmm. how to break break that thing down into creative parts, mm -hmm. is the roadblock that I'm talking about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how that applies to programming, but everything else makes sense. Well, it's just another medium, basically. It's it's oh. just I experienced it with programming over oh, the weekend, and it's been a while since I've had like, I mean, I do sound design, and I don't really have those kind of issues with sound design because I'm I've like done it long enough so it's kind of like a you know I want this to do a but I have no idea how to get it to do a and Pretty programming much. doesn't lend itself to and I don't think it's just programming specifically finding a couple piece of it and fiddling around well just anything that's going to be you know new as basically yeah, cut and dry yeah. as a programming would because I don't know I'm in if I knew, I wish I knew programming better because then I'd probably have a better way. But I think I get what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's programming. It's more to do that it's something new and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I really, the roadblock that I was having to get my brain through that challenge was the fact that I didn't know enough and I just had to absorb information mm -hmm. and like keep being exposed to that information so that I could learn that thing yeah, that I allowed me to break through. Because that, that particular type of roadblock is one of my favorite things about creating stuff. Is like, I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen. What step one even is. And then you have to think about, you just find a way to break it down far enough to get yourself. It's kind of like picking at a sticker off of something. Like if, if you can just, if you can just get the little lip of it, make some progress, then it'll, you know, eventually it'll come off. But like, yeah, you, you, it's like a chiseling at a at marble yeah. a little bit yeah yeah so it's like i need to make this sound i, I always feel like sci-fi sounds would be the toughest anytime you have to make a sound for something that doesn't already have a sound and then you have to create one that seems like it fits while also not having a, a real life representation of itself like that's probably going to be the most difficult type of sound to make but yeah yeah it's just like if you can then think to yourself like well what where are the frequencies at in this and it's like well i can think this needs some high frequencies and it's like oh I, I know of a few things that can make frequencies in the, you know, 5,000 you know, hertz or something. And then you pick up one of those things and it just, it's just the tiniest little step and you chip that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, and that's my, I think that's my favorite kind of creativity too is when like, I think that all creative mediums have a different sort of uh, response to how you experience the medium and then also how you create in the medium. Mm -hmm. um, like... I didn't really think about that. I didn't really realize this until like a year ago, but I describe art as decorating space while music is decorating time. Mm. Um, it's kind of the way that I like to look at it. However, though, I do believe that's not entirely true to art because I do think you experience art over time. Actually, if you look at, have you seen my album cover for Across the Worlds? The uh, yeah, the one you put on Facebook today. Yes, or no, that was a that was because of adventure, but it, that does oh, yeah, the same yeah. thing. Okay.
um, if you look, if you look at, the, so you, where does your eye take you? Basically, is how you're experiencing this painting over time. Mm-hmm. Your eye gets mm-hmm. drawn immediately to the character, mm-hmm. and then he's looking out at the the castle. So like your eye is being taken to like a triad, basically. So your your eye is being drawn to the character, and maybe along the path that he's t- that he takes to get to the castle, and then the castle flags point to the album cover name. Ah, I um, yeah, I made it to the castle, but I didn't ex- I didn't follow the flags. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, like where music composition mm-hmm. is like directing properly from one part to the next. Composition in an art piece is transitioning your eye from one place to the next and guiding your eye across the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in that sense, when you're creating a painting and like you're chiseling away at something, you're kind of just, or creating a music piece or a sound, you, you start with just something, a blank canvas and you just put something there and then you start to change it over time. And I think that's really, I like it. really neat. Um, and something like programming is so like, it's kind of the same way, but it's hard to do that way. So with, with when you're drawing on canvas with a paintbrush or a pencil, you're getting immediate feedback of what kind of line you drew. If you're trying mm-hmm. to draw a straight line, if that's your goal, you know immediately while you're drawing it that you made a straight line or you did not make a straight line. That is clear, mm-hmm. um, and that can and your goals will or your approach will change based off of that. But with programming, if I do some weird thing and if I'm trying to get a character to jump and he jumps 2,000 feet in the air for some reason when I only want him to jump five, or maybe he goes under the ground for some reason, or maybe the game doesn't even run. Like, the game not running is a terrible is terrible feedback. That's just like, nope, do it better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if, you, if you're able to, like, I guess, like, do debugs and stuff, and, like, you have to manually put in the feedback yourself. Like, you have to create the mechanism mm-hmm. that gives you feedback when you're programming. Um, I don't know. It's very mm. interesting just how you can experience that. Yeah, I mean, and CAD is effectively a hybrid of those two things where it's like you have to program something to give you a straight line and you won't know until you run it whether or not you got the straight yeah. line you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I think I, I really love like the experience of just... I was talking with uh, my roommate about it and I think we talked about this in a previous episode. Um but he he'd said that his value for creativity comes with his the one-on-one time that he has with a painting. That's right. Yep, I remember him saying that. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, that idea of like I'm I'm gonna enjoy the process of what I'm doing here. Um, and I don't know. Maybe sometimes with something that's difficult, like programming, or people that are having trouble getting through that barrier of entry to get into sound design, which has a pretty high skill floor, I'd say. Maybe it's really just a matter of like enjoying the process of learning and mm-hmm. understanding that you're going to have ups and downs and also just taking things in micro goals, like not necessarily like, oh, how come I'm not making the T-Rex roar right now? Right. And more so, how was this sound that I made a little bit better than the last one? Well, I think that that approach is really important for sound design because I was telling somebody the other day, like when you do, when you're designing sounds, Every sound that you design, you hate until the very moment that you do not. And so to, to enjoy the process of making it kind of fills the void of all of that space that is not satisfying right up to the point where you actually get the sound that you want. 
because all of that tooling around and like try this and twist that around and apply this filter and that didn't work and pull that off and it's just all this trial and error like every single piece of that is built out of being unsatisfied with the final product and then once you you only get that last thing the satisfaction of having gotten it right only comes the moment it's right and done and so yeah. it's like the process of figuring it out has to be really enjoyable or else it's just going to be a slog all the time yeah and and i think that one thing that I always try and teach with like the game audio training series students is that like I've been able to reverse engineer my sound design skills to like thematic sound design for example like that's like one like that's one part of a sound effect that I can create that I know will work in the context of a sound. If there's a sword swing attack, I'm going to be using metal at some point in the sound. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I, it's almost guaranteed unless I'm doing some sort of stylistic different change thing, but that's like at a higher level. Yeah, um, it helps give that framework. It, it, it does help give that framework. Um, and and that's just one step of the puzzle. And, and then another step of the puzzle would be like, okay, let's get the dynamics down. Let's get the storytelling down. Let's get let's fill out the frequency spectrum so that we can make it more satisfying. Yes. But yeah, I, I think that it's that chiseling away process. Uh, the, the, every every step of creativity and all that. And, um, and now that I think about it, like back when I was starting music and I first had a DAW and I decided to start writing music, I, I never really was comparing myself to people that were amazing at music. Mm -hmm. I would find the small things in my music that I would really like. And sometimes it was frustrating. Sometimes I didn't come out with something that I wanted to. But most I can go back to a lot of my old music and I can listen to it and I can say, there are some mistakes here, there are some flaws, and there are a lot of things I do differently. But I still enjoy these for the same reason that I enjoyed them when I first made them. Yeah, that's that's always my personal metric for whether or not something I've done is any good, is if it holds up over the time that it took me to learn more about doing it. Like, if I go back and read something I wrote five years ago, after getting so much better at writing, just, you know, just writing words, <coughs> articles, things like that, and I read it and I say, and I, say, and I look at it, this is still funny, this still holds up, this still reads really well, then it's like, now I know even more than I did when I liked it, that it's like, it's really solid. It's really strong. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that with like, um, I was I, I was quoting SpongeBob with my roommates the other day, just like saying stupid stuff. Did you ever watch SpongeBob or? Um, I was. Is that out of your time? It was just on the edge of when I would have been watching it. Cause right when, when SpongeBob first got popular, I was at the point where I was too cool for everything. <laughs> As a 14-year-old child, and happened. so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the reality does not reflect the uh, internal uh, idea. But like, <laughs> I was never too cool for anything. I promise you that. But it's just like <laughs> SpongeBob. They just wish they were Rocco, and then you go about your business. Sure. Um, but and then you learn, you know, 15 years later that it's half the crew who made Rocco, and you should enjoy it because, duh, and and <laughs> you know. But whatever. So I mean, I am I'm familiar with a few SpongeBob references more than I would expect to be having never actually watched an episode of the show but gotcha. i am i do i am sad at this point that i missed out on it so there's an episode where uh they think mr krabs is a robot um and they they basically mr krabs is just doing stu like things that just coincidentally happen that make spongebob and squidward think that he's a robot and there's one part where mr krabs hears a song on the radio and it's just like some like r like electronic song and with like a catchy melody and uh 
Mr. Krabs calls back the radio station and he's like, Excuse me, could you please play that one song again? Uh, yeah, sir, which song? Could you play the one that goes beep bop boop beep bop boop bop? <laughs> and then he goes, oh, oh, you mean the one that goes beep beep boop bop beep boop? No, no, I mean the one that goes beep bop boop beep beep bop boop. <laughs> and it just, <laughs> it just goes back and forth. And like, we were quoting that and I, I asked my roommates, I was just like, do you think that they knew that people would be quoting something like that 10 years after they wrote those episodes? No. Like, there's no, no way. way. And like, it's. And that's that kind of sucks because like, I wonder, I wonder if the writers of a show like that or somebody that created some of the best stuff really appreciated what they were creating in the moment of creating it. I'm sure once they got it on paper, like they'll write something down and they'll laugh, they'll all laugh about it together and be like, "That is funny. That's good. Yeah. I really like that line." But I don't think that they'll ever thought to themselves, "That's something that's going to stick with hundreds of thousands of people for decades." I think you you're know. right, I, and I think it's on a less grandiose scale that I'm kind of portraying of that too mm-hmm. um well yeah it's tough to look at that stuff without time coloring it they have a love for the craft too yeah that, and i think that ties into like their appreciation and like those results of creating something that good helps their motivation and drive to continue writing and continue writing quality stuff because the feeling of writing yeah. something quality gives them some sort of satisfaction in their brain <laughs> Creativity is such a strange thing to me because it's almost like being made by a different version of yourself. The idea of having a favorite thing that you've made is so strange to me. Um, and I, th- but I, could, but but I happens, like I, oh, right? all the time. I yeah, have plenty yeah. of favorite things that I've made, and I, yeah. it's one of my things. I love to ask you know musicians and stuff like, "What's your favorite song of yours?" Um, because it just seems like. It seems like you shouldn't be able to make that choice, but there's so many. Like even just even if you boil it down, the same concept down to its finer parts in, in terms of wit, where you know somebody says something and then you immediately come up with a joke to go along as a response, and it's like, I don't know where that came from. That's just what fell out of my mouth. Yeah. And I was I have, there are two instances of this in my life that. I just have rung out through history. One time, this was a, this was a, like ten years ago. I was hanging out with my friend Austin and my sister, and my sister said some. I said something to her, and she goes, "Oh, two out of three, that's pretty bad, huh?" And I said, "Not according to Meatloaf, because he has a song called Two Out of Three Ain't Bad,' <laughs> and that's like the deepest, most ridiculous cut to just re- just like the in the response the time that it took to say, "Oh, hey, what's up?" to somebody when they ask you how you're doing, like, and I don't have any idea where that came from. And my friend Austin, he was almost in the hospital for that stupid joke because he laughed so hard about it. And when I was, I went to my friend's wedding a bunch of years ago and she was talking to the caterer and the caterer was like, you know, blah, 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 you know, make sure you tell your friends about us. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, if we don't like your food, we'll tell our enemies and that way you get business either way. And I don't know where that came from. I don't have, it's like, yeah. I didn't write any of this stuff down, you know? And it's like, and that's one of my favorite things that I've ever said. <laughs> and it's just so weird that something can create itself out of thin air and come out of you in a way that isn't premeditated in any way. And then you have the ability to like your own stuff. It's such a strange concept. Yeah, it's... <laughs> what, the seal? <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> he doesn't even know what that is. It's like, out of context seal. <laughs> I- Hey, yep. it's out of context, Brian. 
<laughs> That's a double entendre for people that listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes, and when I was listening to Talk Radar once, and they were like, they said, that's how you know that you've made it as a podcast or any other sort of form of, you know, consumable media is when memes start to exist as a result of you. And so now we'll have, like, weird, like, internal memes of, you know, whatever you just said. <laughs> Unexpected Brian or whatever the shit. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> out of context, Brian. <laughs> uh, yes, out of context seal. And then I thought, like, and then I thought like, well, if you were to twist that into one of those weird off-color <laughs> memes with the bubble in the middle, it'd be like, out of seal Brian. And then it's like Brian with, like, seal bones and it's all bad of shape, like... Context Brian Seal. Like you just start twisting all these words if up into nonsense to, uh, and now they're memes and it's it's like what is he what is even being alive? If you want to know what we're talking about, come use the Brian emote in the Discord server. <laughs> yes. If it's still there. If you're listening to this in twenty thirty five, I'm s I don't know what to tell you. You might be getting into this business a little uh, late. So I was gonna say in response to the like <laughs> liking your own creations thing mm-hmm. is So I I I like a lot of my like my albums that I put out, like Across the world, like two, two or three of the songs in that album, I love. And there's one song in uh, Echoes of Adventure, um, where I called Adventure. In that moment of creating Adventure, I think I hit like a, a a new peak satisfaction with my my process creating the music track. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that it just goes back to that enjoying the process of the creative task at hand. And to share my experience on making that song, I I knew exactly what I wanted it to sound like in my head, and I, I wasn't getting the right feel and the right melody or the right chord progression or the right instrumentation. Mm. And I just like I I think I I wrote like seven or eight different songs in the course of a night, just like trying to get it right. And then like on the ninth or tenth try, I just I finally got it, and it was. It, it was one of the most satisfying things that I've ever done creatively is like getting getting the melody and getting getting everything just like fleshed out into like a I, I'm, I think I'm just trying to like relate this to like the experience of maybe maybe the guys at Spongebob maybe they maybe they just really enjoy the creative process and maybe they that's where they're finding their strides and that's where they're creating those hilarious and quotable moments yeah is when a bunch of different brains together in the writing room come together and they're able to share and enjoy this creative experience together yeah i don't know i've never done a a big collaborative creation with a bunch of people before but is blip sounds your first you'd say yeah i yeah i'd say yeah early on when i first started all this mess here One of my favorite things about it was that I didn't have to be responsible for whether or not it continues to exist. <laughs> That's true. That's my responsibility. <laughs> because so many things that I've done have just been entirely me doing something because I'm interested in it. And then I take on f- all five different components of a project. And it's like, if I stop doing any of this, this is dead. And there's no safety net. But if it's like, it's like if I have to take a day off or I don't get something done, or I'm burned out, or any number of infinite possibilities, Blip Sounds will continue on with all of the other people who are also in charge of keeping it afloat. And that's a really nice feeling <laughs> compared to the other one. No, it's, it's true. I love how much of what all of that like monologue that you just gave had all of this <laughs> ridiculous seal jokes happening in the chat underneath of it. <laughs> 
all of you guys listening on the website, you're missing out on the seal action that's happening in the Blipsaz Discord yes. server. <laughs> I'm just trying to like hard sell it. Oh, I can tell. Yeah. I guys. Love this. this baby can hold so many seals. Yeah, it just slaps the top Beautiful. of the computer and it just like like a fish comes out or something like that. <laughs> a window just rolls down like four inches and a little like striped ball bounces out the window and then the window goes back up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, creativity and the process of creativity is something that, I guess it just gets more and more satisfying as you create. Mm -hmm. And I think that the barriers that you come across with your creativity, mm. the those barriers get lower and lower over time. One of my favorite things about creativity is how... Uh, endless it can make itself when you don't think that it has anything left in it and as an example of that it's something I said to you earlier today that you did not respond to at all <laughs> what did you say um, let me see if I can find it real quick everybody uh, talk amongst yourselves was it earlier today yeah I mean you responded to it but not in the way that you should have because it was a joke oh yes so I've been consistently trying to find different ways of saying Bob's your uncle. Yes, and I just ignore it every time. <laughs> Stop doing that. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. I don't get the joke. It was fine. Well, to the one I used today was like, and Bob moved into my basement one day 10 years ago and never left. And that was my version for you today of, and Bob's your uncle. And it just, it's like, how many ways can you think of changing this to say it? And I would have thought five different times ago that I was out. <laughs> but it just keeps happening. They just keep coming out. And I love it. And it's so much fun. Well, I didn't even... Okay, I don't even remember you saying that, actually. Right. Because I, I, I was, we were in the middle of another conversation that was clearly not related to your fake Uncle Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it was clearly more pressing than Bob. Well, and I was like, well, and then what I said was, that's really my only stuck point, because now I can use the speaking events footage for the speaking events line, and Bob moved into my basement one day 10 years ago and never left. And so that was like, that was just the finality of that. And you breezed right past it. I sure did. And of course, I don't care because I do these things for me anyway. Yeah, no, of course. And isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that like what creativity is all about? Is just yes. doing it for yourself? Because you can't help yourself for some reason. Yeah. And that's very interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think, I think that's what's happening. Get out of here, Seal Brian. <laughs> here, have a fish. Okay, you can, you can, you can stay around with us forever, Brian. Or at least however long seals live. And then I'll do yeah. one of those uh, how long does blank live memes with the crying black man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, seals live to be 30 years old, so you're on borrowed time now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the whole creative... I don't know. Creativity is one of the most interesting things for me to like explore. I agree. And, I, and I'm glad that I'm at the point with my creations and things that I've made to be able to look at creativity objectively mm -hmm. and like break it down and like understand like the, the psyche behind just how hard it is to like have creative breakthroughs and like just like getting better at a craft and like where that value of getting better really falls. Like, do I really want to be the best at something? No. Am I just trying to satisfy myself? Probably. And like, I, there's, there's just a lot to it. Um, and, I, and I feel like the ones that line up with your personal satisfaction and then other people or community enjoying that thing that you're creating is kind of, that, that to me kind of feels like a, a high point mm -hmm. in creating. Yes. Anyway, 
uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and thank you all of the Blipstream for joining us, uh, yeah. and hanging out with us, and listening live. Even if you're sitting in here listening, like, questions and stuff, interaction is always, uh, you know, if you've got something to say about what's being talked about, bring it, because that's why, that's one of the benefits of doing it this way, is that you can chime in in real time so you don't have to shout at your radio to no effect, like so many of us who love podcasts tend to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, uh, that's what I do, anyways. That's mm-hmm. what, <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. But I'm getting a response, I guess. <laughs> womp womp. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for the input, Brian. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if all of you guys, anybody who's listening to the archives, come join the Discord server and hang out with yep. us. We'd love to, uh, we'd love for you to join our live stream podcast chat. So yeah, thank you so much for joining everybody, and we'll catch you in the next one. Appreciate you all. Love you. Bye. No, no, no. That, that Amazon's in uh, is, is is in Africa. Uh, oh right, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that. I mean, that's not true at all either. But uh, that's not true <laughs> it's either. It's in South America. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> Cut that out.